Hey, Action Shelf listeners, before we jump into the show itself, we want to tell you about how you can get even more action in your life. Mm. <laughs> that appeals to more you. Action, more action, you more say, More action, John. you say, yes. If you go over to our Podbean patron page, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup, you can listen to Lisman and I watch, what's this? Good action movies. Good action movies, you say? That's right, a change of pace. We thought behind the paywall, let's give people something of quality. So And give us something of quality. I know, it's such know? a pleasure to do that. So twice a month, you and I will be doing commentary tracks that you can download for uh, yes. good action movies, all kinds of awesome mm. stuff from a lot of our heroes like John Woo. And uh, we've done stuff from the John Wick franchise and Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the guys we never get to talk about on here. Yeah, so you, stuff we legitimately love and uh, love to share with with you you all. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can listen to that uh, as as well as other cool exclusive content from the Punch Up Entertainment Network shows. Uh, once again, the address for that is patron.podbean.com/slash/punchup. And now into the action. The action show. Welcome to the Action Shelf, the podcast celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we wrap up Norris November this week. It's been our <sighs> month-long tribute to the legendary Chuck Norris. And, you know, what a we, month. What a month. What a great month, yeah, like, as honestly. Aside from the clunker at the beginning, I think we've enjoyed these movies. And honestly, we had some scheduling stuff shift around and some availability of movies. My God, though, this worked out because I am so glad we are finishing with this movie. Uh, Me too. Me we, too. We were, it, I feel like every movie has gotten progressively better yes, like, as I, we've gone through the month. Which I think worked out because we were going to do something much stupider for the last one here. <laughs> Um, yeah. But instead, we decided, you know, if we can't do an incredibly stupid movie, let's finish with what people can generally consider. And according to the trivia, what the man himself considers his best movie. That's, it's good that he recognizes that because it is I mean this is a great movie this is this is like, really good this is a really good movie I have a lot of criticisms about this movie no. I mean there's some silly stuff in it sure I mean it's it's still a movie from 1985 uh, yeah. uh, but uh, this is 1985's Code of Silence uh, yes. yes I don't think I, I don't know if I've actually seen this movie if I have it was years and years ago on like a, hmm. you know Cinemax or something like that because I watched a yeah, lot yeah, of this yeah. kind of stuff um but it didn't ring it it didn't ring anything particularly here but i was consistently and pleasantly surprised throughout this whole movie at its mm -hmm. quality and it yeah. it 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 went to and it's it's interesting especially compared to last week's movie the hitman i feel like yes. it's like wow this is what it looks like when you have a good director a smart mm -hmm. script a good supporting mm -hmm. cast like yes. and i'm just i just kept watching this going like it's it's both 
it's so great to watch and also going like why didn't he make more things of this quality because he pretty quickly backslides into some garbage yeah uh yeah this is this is this is easily the best chuck norris movie i mean yeah it's the best one i've ever seen and uh I, I guess it doesn't get much better than this. I, I don't mean, know. Th- the same year he makes this movie, he puts out Invasion USA, which is fun, but so fucking stupid. So stupid. Yeah, it Invasion USA, I mean, there wasn't probably a great script to begin with, right. but then they cut out all the dialogue. So, well, like... Th- this also is, like... I mean, it's, it's weird, because we talked up how much, like, oh, man, we love him in the canon movies, but here he is... Mm-hmm going over to orion which i i always thought of as a little bit better than canon as a studio yes and a little it, less uh schlocky i think i think so i mean they they still yeah. made genre pictures but i feel like mm-hmm. they got better directors they worked on the scripts a little bit harder um yeah and boy it just makes me go boy if he had just gotten out of canon and also stopped having his brother direct everything because it's yeah so much of this movie I think is owed to director Andrew Davis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who we love because uh, Andrew Davis directed this and directed what I think is, I think what we would both consider like one of the best action movies ever, which is The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely Harrison Ford's best non-Star you know, non Wars, non-Indiana Jones movie, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and uh, there's the, this is his this is Davis's first action movie. He had done yeah. a, a, a horror film before this called The Final Terror, but then this movie kind of defines the rest of his career because he'll do Above the Law with Steven mm-hmm. Se- And that's what I th- that's the other thing I thought is if he had gone if he had just stayed with Chuck instead of going into Seagal, Oh my God, could you imagine? Let me just yeah. could you imagine Under Siege with Chuck Norris? I Wouldn't I that- wish. I wish that was keep every keep everything the same, but put Chuck Norris. That movie would be so much better, and that movie is already pretty good because of Davis and the supporting cast. But Chuck, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Tommy Jones, yeah, Tommy. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. He gets uh, what I love is he makes a movie. He makes uh, Above the Law after this. Then he makes a movie called The Package, which is a pretty good uh, spy thriller with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. And they just keep using Tommy Lee Jones and Under Siege and Fugitive. (laughs) Like once he gets Tommy Lee Jones, he's he's all in on that guy. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> great actor. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and weirdly, I was looking through it. He hasn't directed movies since 2006, which is kind of a bummer. The Guardian yeah. wasn't a great movie. The Kevin Costner, mm. Ashton Kutcher, Coast Guard movie. Don't um, remember that? Oh, I do remember that. It's yeah, pretty. It's yeah. not bad, but it's pretty forgettable, like action yeah. film. Um, yeah. I wish he would direct something again. He's got some stuff upcoming, I guess. But I was weirdly looking. The, the thing that stood out is he directed the Disney movie Holes. Do you remember that movie? I do remember that, yeah. 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 That's an interesting huh. kind of like kids' adventure movie. But I remember yeah. that being pretty okay. It was pretty good, yeah. yeah. I think it captured the essence of the book pretty well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so but... I do – but Andrew Davis, man, the other thing – that this has that none of the other movies have had is a real sense of place. Yeah. And yes. I think a lot of that is Andrew Davis is working in his hometown of Chicago. So yeah. you've got a Chicago yes. filmmaker shooting in Chicago. Fugitive is also mm-hmm. set and shot in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you've got a guy who really knows the city. And also, 
he doesn't have a huge part in the movie, but he's there, and the biggest atmosphere, and I think the quiet MVP of this is Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina, which he's uh, Chuck's which partner. Part is he? He's Chuck's partner. The oh, yes. yes. Great character actor who at this time was only a part-time actor and was actually a Chicago police detective. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he okay. was he was a, a Chicago police detective who became an actor, but at this point he's hmm. doing both. So he <laughs> he feels really real in that sense. He's yes. got that he's got he, does. he yeah. feels Chicago. He was a Michael Mann discovery. Because uh, of course Michael cool. Mann was, but this, this to me, the thing about this movie, the biggest surprise to me, was it is an action movie, but it, it it's a crime movie. It it almost feels closer mm. to Michael Mann or something like that. It still verges into action territory. Sure, there's some, there's definitely some roundhouse kicks that that happen in this movie. Well, and I don't know, did you look up anything about the background of this movie? No, no, I didn't. Well, I think this this made a lot of sense to me after I watched it and I read this. This was originally written as the fourth Dirty Harry film. Oh, yes, that yeah. makes perfect sense. It was supposed, yeah. The, the script sense. was originally Dirty Harry 4 colon Code of Silence. Uh, because the, awesome. guys, the guys who wrote this had written Pale Rider for Clint. Mm. That's another thing, too. Mm. Good screenwriters. Michael Butler and... Um, James Shirak. Uh, There's so many little moments that yeah. you don't see in a lot of these movies. Just so so many like script and uh, honestly directing moments yeah. that like it gives you little character like insights into the side characters. It gives you insight into the world that they're in. It's just that kind of world building that doesn't exist in any of these other movies, that's, like canon movies. That's kind of what I was thinking as I was watching. I'm going. This isn't reinventing the wheel. This isn't some brand new. This is a pretty standard plot. Yes. But it's yes. just it's all in execution. And that's the thing. It's like most action movies are like about a cop fighting crime or a right. spy trying to stop a weapon or something like that. Right. It really is mostly about execution. It's not like there are that many action plots. But it is right. this is just a little smarter, a little yes. more detailed, a little yes. better made. And I think Chuck is pretty good in it. He is. Like, obviously, he's still a little flat. But part of it is is that the character works for his range. Yeah. Um, But he even does stretch a little bit in this movie like, I, there's some moments that are legitimately authentic that he he delivers this is the first um, time i've actually felt like he's playing a character now it's not like yes. a wildly different character than the standard chuck persona but there's something yes. here this guy feels a little more real and yeah some of that's yeah. coming from the script some of that's coming from davis i think i think that's what i'm talking about like i wish he had i think if he had kept working with more real directors people yeah. might have pushed him to get better kind of like van damme yeah. does right Yes, um, yes. Uh, but but continuing to work with Cannon and Aaron Norris, I think, was easy, right? And and, and didn't Ooh. ask much of him. Um, easy money, yeah. Which is so weird that he thinks that he considers this his favorite, but he kind of never replicates this scenario ever again. And then, of course, eventually. Well, maybe the director didn't necessarily want him back. I don't know. Like, maybe it wasn't up to Chuck. Yeah, I don't, but it's just yeah. interesting. He never sought out anybody else, really. It became, you know, um, yeah. that... Uh, so it, it's interesting. But I also think it's... It really bummed me out. I love this movie, but it kind of bummed me out because 
the fourth Dirty Harry's the worst one, Sudden Impact. Yeah. This would have been a way better Dirty Harry movie with this plot. Yes, but I I like that it was a, more of a Chuck Norris movie. You know what I mean? Well, I think that did elevate it. I Sure. I, mean, I love a good I love a good fist fight, you know. Well, I love a good martial arts I scene. Did, this I, movie has several. So, I know, and that's uh, the thing. When it started, I did think like, oh, well, maybe this one won't have as much of that. And they still find places oh, to yeah. deliver it and it may, oh, yeah. i mean they make it make enough sense we understand this guy knows martial arts and stuff like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it it never felt like some of the martial arts movies we watch where it's like all right now's the excuse for the fight scene the fight scenes right. come pretty naturally uh yes and that, there's not the thing where all villains ha- don't have guns you know right <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> And also Chuck uh, uses guns when it's appropriate, but his fists yes. and feet when it's also, it's, I just, I really can't stress how much I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I think this yeah. is the best movie we've ever watched on this show, period. It, yeah, I, I agree. Yes. And so I almost yes. feel like that it's an unfair shelfies uh, at the end of this year, because I can't imagine in the, in the last few weeks we're going to see anything better than Code of Silence true but that's okay we can we can uh uh award a film for being legitimately great you yeah know? yeah uh, uh, yeah just like, uh you know don't don't bet too hard on any of these other movies folks right exactly. I really, there's some there's been some decent movies this there ha- year there yeah. have been there have been it's, this it's is gonna be just, really hard it's gonna oh, be really man hard to i do have movie. the the budget for this movie listman if you want to take okay, your best okay. guess uh, this is a 1985 19... film. 1985. There's some money on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like $15 million. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, only seven. Only seven? Mm-hmm. This movie looks good for $7 million. This movie does like, look, honestly. you know, and that's that's like some money in this area yeah, not not huge but that's though. not like a big that's not like a studio's big movie i mean orion never made big budget yeah. movies really um yeah you know they you know they made i mean the the orion's well i mean i'm looking through their movies here you know their mm-hmm. their their big hits were like um uh terminator and first blood so mm-hmm. i mean action stuff they also made some Academy Award winning stuff though, like Platoon and Silence of the Lambs, and right. like I said, Dances with Wolves was them. Caddyshack, uh, not that oh, that's wow. an Academy Award one. The Substitute, which you know is stupid, but did have a higher polish on it than a lot of the canon yes. stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I do think No Way Out's a really good uh, Kevin Costner spy movie. You know, they, mm-hmm. I do think they generally they, they did the Bill and Ted franchise as well. Mm, excellent. Um, I do think they they made uh, and so this uh, cost seven. It pulled in twenty point three worldwide, which is really good at this time. This was that a is great. Because uh, yeah. obviously it launched Andrew Davis as becoming kind of the action guy for a while there. But um, mm-hmm. let's talk about this movie. Let's dive into the the plot here. Uh, I sure. like even the even the beginning of the movie. I love the score. It's very eighties. Do, 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 you know yeah there's a lot of that a lot of electric drums a lot of saxophone you know yeah. jazzy sax it's uh, got that vibe that like lethal weapon will have and stuff with these sort of like modern yeah. noir cop movies yeah and i think that we've seen this type of opening in a lot of action shelf movies mm-hmm. they're undercover it's a drug bust or something and something goes wrong 
Like that's so fucking common. It is. And this speaks to once again what this movie is. We've seen this before, but just mm. how well constructed this one is. Yes, yes. They're they they make a really good job of it really felt like a like a more legitimate like it was actually a a, a drug bust, you know what I mean? Yeah. It actually felt like it did actually feel like that there was actual tension being that, built with like the assassins, you know, in painters uniforms. And the way uh, that he and, keeps he keeps cutting between the the Chuck and Dennis Farina mm-hmm. and the cops outside and Chuck and Dennis Farina pretending to be garbage guy. Uh, yeah. You know, and so they're collecting there in a garbage truck. And then you've got the deal happening inside. And then, yes, mm-hmm. this third entity that are these guys in painters uniforms who are pulling out machine guns and loading them and you just keep cutting back and forth and you a rare actually a very rare occurrence on these action show movies i felt real tension yes yes and they did a good job of establishing where this is yes so this is clearly a very uh hispanic neighborhood Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of like even just in like the audio you hear the sound of like children playing nearby like this is not this is where people live. Yeah. And that will become very important for what happens in this uh, sequence. Well, because that's the interesting thing about the sequence. Of course, these these assassin guys in painter's uniforms. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also like even the smart, the 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 intelligence of the script going like, hey, wait, that building's going to get torn down. Why would people be painting? Oh, fuck. That's what, there's a problem here. You know, yes. that it, it, Chuck is playing a good cop. Like he's good at yes. his job. Uh, yes. And it turns into a shootout, but it's not a cannon shootout. It feels like no. even though guys are firing machine guns, they're not just blasting away from the hip. They're targeting this. Mm-hmm. And then this way that they shoot from across the building and then run across this platform. This is all mm-hmm. well. This is good crime stuff. And that's also like stuff that painters would have, too, which yes. is interesting. Yeah. 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 It's very clever. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I, and yeah. then it turns into the shootout. I did think Dirty Harry when uh, Chuck pulls out his big revolver and blows a guy away on the street here. Um, yes. But I, here's the thing, and I wonder, I don't know, because I was I was trying to think, what, what about this script made Clint Eastwood reject it as a Dirty Harry script? I don't know. Uh, yeah, my, so that's why it didn't get made. As it was Clint just Eastwood that. They wrote it. it for Clint, and he went, nah, not interested. Interesting. Which is interesting, because he... Sudden Impact is pretty bad, really. Uh, pretty bad. When did Sudden Sudden Impact come out? Like after this, I assume. I think, at, uh, yeah, it was, it was either the. Let's see. I want to say it was it, maybe the next year, or it might not have had anything to do with the script. It could have just been where Clint was at at the time. Oh no! Wait, wait. Uh, Sudden Impact was well before this, so this script was sitting around because they. Uh, okay, so they. Okay. These guys wrote this in '79. As oh, a Dirty Harry wow. movie. So they polished this off, and, and um, 83 was Sudden Impact. Um, okay. Now, that movie made $150 million at the box office, so I guess who am I to question anything? But I just... Well, you know, it's a franchise, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's know. just that one was always the weakest one. And the other thing that bums me out about that one is uh, Clint... That's the only one Clint directed of the Dirty Harry movies. Yeah. And it's yeah, a little like... That is. Um, that is a shame. Yeah, that that's you know because it's it's the especially it's, considering how prolific and like uh like acclaimed he is as a director. Yeah, and these guys had already written Pale Rider and The Gauntlet for him, so he they were guys who had written stuff for him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was too similar to Magnum Force, like something could be. about like 
police being corrupt and, and that, that kind that's of kind of what or... I was getting at with this next scene because the thing that's really interesting and the movie's called Code of Silence and what I like yes. built into the themes of the movie is this idea that yes. the cops and criminals both look out for each other in this code of silence way and it's it's yes. it's I mean I'm not here to say this is like an incredible it's not like a Sidney Lumet film that's really about police <laughs> corruption but it's right. got it it's about that way more than most of the other cop movies of this time did did this movie feel like what the hitman was attempting to be? It did, and I kept saying that. I kept thinking that because I kept going like, "Ooh, this also has a warehouse shootout, but it's better. This also it's... is Chuck versus the mob, but it's better. This, yeah, because you know, this character, because his character is better in this, yes. and the world he's in feels more real. Yes. Uh, even yes. even though at the end of this movie, there's a fucking armored remote <laughs> thing, but for some reason. <laughs> The movie does a good enough job establishing that, that it actually they, makes they you do go, establish okay. It, so it, yeah, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. It's still hilarious. Oh. Uh, it was so silly, because but I loved every moment of because it. Because <laughs> they still know what that Chuck audience is paying to see. But it's sort of exactly. like, we can give you the vegetables too, right? Like, we can still yeah. yes. talk about police corruption if we also blow up a lot of stuff at the end. Which I feel like yeah. the early Dirty Harry movies were good at. Where it's like, these mm -hmm. are yes, action yes. movies, but they're a little bit thinkier. Or the first Death Wish, before you mm -hmm. get into the cartoons. All those right. things eventually devolved into cartoons. And I, yes, I like cartoons. Well, I like a cartoon. Yeah, it's well, canon. Death Wish in particular, yeah, with the canon stuff. And, and yeah. then the Dirty Harry movies just lost some of their smarts as they went along. But I do mm -hmm. feel like this has enough of the smarts with the crazy stuff that it yes. really works. So... The, but the, I I couldn't believe this scene when it happened, when mm -hmm. this cop shoots this kid who just steps out of an apartment building, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh. and you and what's interesting is you actually the introduction of this character when him and the younger partner yeah. were sitting in the park, you see him drinking out of a flask, yeah, and that's such a regular thing you see in these movies, and it's not a big deal, but yeah. that ends up playing an important part because he's drunk yeah that's why he sh he shoots this shot like like this what what how old do you think this kid is like 15 maybe? yeah mid-teens yeah. yeah 14 yeah. 15 uh yeah ralph foodie is the actor who plays uh was his name craigie uh, yeah uh he's great in this and i'm really a piece yeah. of shit um yeah i immediately recognized him from his voice from the yes. home alone movies right I thought I that that's what I assumed too, but I didn't want to look it up because yeah. I didn't want to look away from the screen, John. Yeah, it's uh, him though. You get at you, yeah, you filthy animal. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. Yeah, that's uh, him, man. In in both legendary. of those. Yeah, very classic. The second he opened his mouth, I'm like, oh my god, that's the Home Alone guy. Yeah, <laughs> because I've exactly. seen Home Alone, you know, fifty times. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, but yeah, immediately he has that, and he's perfect. For this, as this piece of shit cop who, and the whole the whole time, you know Chuck, because Chuck is, you know, it's still it's still a 1985 action movie. Chuck has no sharp edges as a character. He right. is no character flaws. <laughs> no, and and in the movie once again, but the the thing I, I, I'm grading on a curve here. The fact that the movie's talking about police corruption, but of course has, you know, those are the bad cops. These are the very good cop. One incredibly perfect man on this force. But and oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, but it's still getting into 
the system allows for pieces of shit to get away with yes. stuff. Yes, because they allow it's not just there's only good cops and there's only bad cops in the police force. There's people who are trying to stay neutral and who are allowing corrupt yeah. cops to commit crimes. I mean, I thought out of the, like an obligation. I love you know? the end of this movie when he look yeah. after he does everything. He's just looking at all the other cops who aren't doing anything evil per se, but stood yes. by and let that and were willing to let Chuck die and stuff. And he's just yes. like, and he just has the once again. It's it's a good use of Chuck being stoic. Yes. If, if Firewalker is a totally terrible vehicle for his personality, <laughs> this is a perfect use of it. Where just with a look, he's like, "I know what you fuckers are about, and I'll remember that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I love that man. That's great. Like Chuck. Yes. This movie treats Chuck the correct way, which is he's a physical presence in the film yes but yes let farina have the funny lines as the partner you know mm -hmm. like that kind of thing because i love the whole runner with farina always coming up with these like okay here's what we could do man here's the business, business pitches yeah let's <laughs> you know and i love that whole idea too where it's like here's a guy thinking about like we're not gonna be cops forever so let's get on something else you know that's that's good that's and that yeah. gives him a character like i said farina's not in the movie much but farina not only feels like a cop, he, he was always a good actor, too, though. Yeah. And yeah. he's got personality. He feels like somebody. He's got a thing. Yeah. He's got a life, you know? Uh, I, I So Maggie and I always try to pick out which characters in the movie we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people like to do that. Sure. But um, in this movie, Farina was... That was basically the yeah. character who would have been me because I love pitching stupid ideas for businesses. Oh, yes, uh, I, I've, I've been in some of those pitches. Uh... <laughs> no, oh, and I, I also want to say, um, independent of discussions we've had about Chuck Norris's on screen charisma, yeah, because uh, we've talked about it, he's not a good actor, mm -hmm. but there is something there. And yeah, he's got a presence that made him a movie star, right? Like, yes, and and it's it's interesting because like the beginning of this movie, Maggie also made that connection. She's like, I don't know what it is. It's not necessarily his face. It's not his acting, but there is some kind of likability that he just exudes. Yeah, uh, and there is a charisma. Just. I, it's so weird and hard to explain. It is, but 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 there is something there, and this movie so beautifully captures that. It really I, does. Well, yeah. and I think that's the, what we're talking about is a kind of indefinable quality because we see them try to build these other action stars, and you go like, that guy's not. No, guy doesn't have Steven it. Seagal doesn't have he it. He doesn't. He's you know, no. he's just not. You don't want to follow him. You no. I, I'm watching Chuck going. This guy is stiff as a board. Yet, yes. I'm compelled to watch him, and I yes. don't know what that is. The only term for that is some kind of star power, right? Like it is. Just, yeah. It's yeah. When it's always the thing, and we see it sometimes even where you go like, "Well, that guy was a good actor, but I don't want to. He can't carry a movie or something like that." Yes. There is that thing too yeah. where you go like. Uh, I remember when I think he's a really good actor, Taylor Kitsch, but they tried to turn him into an action hero with John mm. Carter, with Battleship, uh, like with that yeah. kind of run of movies. And everybody just kind of went, uh, no, but now he's carved out a whole career as a really good character actor. And that's what he, he's good at. You just go like, yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting though, but it is all about to try to package people. Right. And you just go like, mm -hmm. 
nah. It's a yeah. weird. It's a weird, inexplainable thing. And yeah, I, like I said, I just keep wishing people had found a way to package Chuck like this because Canon yeah. certainly presents him a certain way, but mm -hmm. here it's sort of like, well, this movie kind of goes, what if he was a little bit, and we're talking about just a fraction deeper, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> let's not let's not do too much. Let's uh, not do too much, but let's give him let's give him something to work with. There's yeah. there's a moment where he, he you can see Chuck tearing up just just a little bit and it, it's when he's on the stand yeah. uh in the trial and he's like it's he's sticking up for what he believes in but it is still difficult yeah like he still like it he still understands that this is not this is a complicated situation you know yeah. um and it makes him question you can tell that he's questioning just the the concept of police like police work in general yeah. because of how fucked up it is like it's it's so well i love like, just little lovely little nuggets there well i love i love this so scene where he when they when they have after the, the guy's been shot and chuck doesn't yeah. actually see uh the uh chuck doesn't actually see them plant this gun on the guy but he knows it he knows he knows, he knows because there, that guy would have a history yeah and i like i like that chuck never talks about him as being e like this guy is being evil right every time he talks about it, he's just like i mean he's been on the force for a very long time yeah. and he just shouldn't be here point, anymore exactly yeah exactly it's 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 such an interesting nuance to look at it um yeah. where it's like yeah. that guy yeah. that guy is actively hindering this job at this point yes and, yes. It, it and is. he's murder he's murdering innocent people yeah and he's getting other cops injured you know well because i mean uh, the the characters that's really interesting is that guy's partner the young guy yes. and throughout yes. the movie there's so much of him going i don't know and then oh the scene when he testifies and agrees with mm. the with with craigie's thing and you're like no yeah or when he calls yeah. chuck to the bar and he's like i gotta tell you something man i don't know if i can live with this man i don't you know yeah yeah really it's, good uh, stuff it's good yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. Th 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 what a movie it's i know it's like it's it's all going uh but like i said the fact that it works on a dramatic level we're not even talking about just like and then but then also some stuff blows up uh, oh yeah there's a great explosion in this movie there it's is glorious and i want this movie also has the same basic tenets of it but also has a better scene of chuck entering when that door explodes, it's the same kind of shot as Hitman. Yes. But I'm going, oh, this is so much better. Coming in with yeah. that shotgun. By the way, Chuck with yes. that shotgun was like the whole promotional material for this movie. That it's makes sense. Him, yeah. And him. I I loved how nonsensical the shotgun use was. Like, oh, yeah. Nobody could one-hand a shotgun the uh, like that the without poster any of this, recoil. The poster of this movie is just him holding the shotgun out with one hand. That's it. Yes. It is that yes. Chuck Norris code yeah. of silence, like, and you're just. But it's like, like that's okay. I don't care if that's not realistic. <laughs> it's great. It is great, <laughs> and that's the thing. This movie, this movie proves you can have that level of action and still yeah. kind of say something, like you know. Yes. It's yes. Th they they aren't mutually exclusive things, although all evidence yeah. the contrary, and pretty much every other movie we've watched. But true, I yeah. mean, you know, because this isn't The Wire, but it, like I said, it's got. A little, just a little something to say, you know? Just enough. And even though it's not saying, 
like a lot it is what it is saying is interesting so it is like what's there is at least nuanced i applaud i applaud this movie a lot and i applaud chuck for doing i mean chuck is conservative kind of guy in this movie i'm not gonna say this movie's like incredibly liberal but it definitely you know ask questions of authority and ask questions about the morality of police work and it's interesting i think this movie would still play well that's the thing that's i think so you could still basically make the same movie today and it could Mm -hmm. work i mean even the even the 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 little cart thing actually the little like war battle wagon thing Mm -hmm. uh would be a drone today and we actually wouldn't question it at all anymore Yes, because we actually have those like little robot dogs that yeah. like, patrol streets, which is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, I also got to talk about Henry Silva in this movie, who's an actor mm-hmm. I love, great character actor, legend of 70s crime movies, who plays Camacho, the the sort of central villain here. He's not yeah. in the movie a ton, but he does have a great presence. I just I've okay. always I've always loved him. He's 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 just a he's a great character actor. Like I said he's not in the movie a ton. But when he's in it, he he's got a he's similar to Chuck. There's just sort of a presence there. Yeah. What what else is what other movies is he known for? Uh, I mean, like a million things is kind of. Like I said he was. <laughs> you know, uh, um, he did a lot of uh, Italian crime movies of the '70s. That I'm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh vague yeah uh but he's in manchurian candidate and silence of the lambs and uh uh he was the voice of bane on batman the animated series actually oh cool which is pretty awesome you know dick tracy he's the bad guy in above the law uh uh, davis uses him again in his next movie Mm uh you know he was in like cannonball run and sharky's machine so he was in some burt reynolds movies too he's just a guy who was kind of he was sort of a go-to bad guy in a lot of stuff yeah Um, i mean he's a good bad guy yeah he's a good bad guy in this movie so uh, he's just he always had an interesting look and vibe to me that i found very Mm -hmm. interesting and he's yeah i mean this is not asking a ton of him but he just fits it he just you know it's it it's it's easy in a good way and that he feels legitimate and he feels scary you know yeah he does like the the violence in this movie I mean, it, it, it varies. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a robot shooting grenade, you know, rockets at people in towers, which <laughs> yeah. made me laugh hysterically. But then there's also, like, families and children being gunned down yeah. in the streets. <laughs> and the fact and that it's, the, the movie is able to balance those kinds of violence is really... Yeah. Like I said, I got to put a lot of that on Davis. Like, I think he... Yes. He, they find this tone that even yeah. when it veers into the insane... You don't lose the central, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stakes of it or whatever. It never, it, right? As weird as and cartoonish as it gets, it never turns in fully into a cartoon. It's, right? It's yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so because uh, uh, he's he's worried, uh, Chuck is worried about this. Oh no, they're gonna find out about this, and this is gonna be. Uh, mm-hmm. tough uh, you know and i do love this you get this confrontation between him and silva here early where it's like oh yeah man i know you we've we've run into that's the other thing i like there's so much history everybody has it's him and the old cop everybody knows chuck norris's character <laughs> yeah i mean it's like he and the old cop have a rivalry he and camacho have run up against each other before 
there's the henchmen he knows their names yeah you know? like that's the thing where it's like oh man that feels like even though this isn't a dirty harry sequel it does feel like mm-hmm. this is a world that's uh you Lived know in. that yeah, yeah that has that vibe to it which i love so mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it's really good stuff there's a that's kind of a really neat writing trick making the world feel larger than the scope of the film well because you know once I mean? again not to keep harping on because it's not a terrible movie but it's a very silly movie like the hitman is yeah. just so it, none of those people matter their lives their no. relationships to each other everybody's just like no. michael park shows up to be like hello i'm the bad guy yeah they it, the you don't get the sense that the world is larger than the scope of the film there the right. film is just the film and it's entertaining and yeah. silly but like yeah, there's no history. There's no world building there. It's just pure insanity. So um, we get we get Chuck uh, practicing his karate, which is mm-hmm. good. That's a nice establishment because, of course, it's not normal for a police detective to do martial arts. But here we're establishing right. that's his thing. But we also get this. And it doesn't have – it doesn't give the shorthand of, like, you know Chuck Norris knows martial arts. Right. You know, it's like, no, but he's a character here, so we need to establish that he knows martial arts. Yeah, he's not playing Chuck Norris's movie, where it's like in Firewalker, you're like, I, I guess that guy is just a karate expert while he's also searching for treasure. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I'll accept it, but in terms of if you want to ground a movie in anything – here it, mm-hmm. it it is unusual for someone to whip out martial arts skills, uh, especially once yeah. again you don't often hear about oh well yeah the police detective they chase down a suspect engage in hand to hand combat with him for <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't hear a lot about uh, yeah this that. cop beat up like three like goons in the uh, street with uh, knives no, surrounded by a bar full of mobsters he single handedly mm-hmm. managed to yeah you don't hear a lot about that. <laughs> Like, yeah <laughs> that's probably okay um yeah but uh yeah so he's doing the and there's a guy circulating yeah we oh because i do i love that the old cop is mad they're investigating the shooting at all yeah they yeah. investigate all all shootings are investigated regardless it doesn't matter there's no situation that they wouldn't look into a shooting period of course now, because it, but that's good policy now that doesn't mean that that always is done well but just the idea right. that he's like, why are you even looking into it? Yeah, because they don't want to. They <laughs> because you root out one problem, and then you realize there's you know there's some lax uh, uh, behavior here, and as far as like, because that looks bad on him, you know. Yeah. Uh, if somebody is going around shooting teenagers and planting weapons, that's not a good look for him. Right. So even if he's not directly committing those acts of violence he's looking out for himself yeah uh, and so yeah. uh there's a guy passing around uh, a petition to not have this investigation go forward and chuck is the only cop who won't sign it yep which is yep. great i mean once again and, and this will stand up to this whole thing of chuck norris has got a lot of kind of a jim gordon from batman thing here the lone yes. honest cop which i always love yes. that's a great noir trope kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like he's the one guy who won't take the bribe he's the one guy who won't you know and there's even a line later where they talk about i'd bribe you but i hear you're incorruptible cusack <laughs> his name is eddie cusack in this eddie cusack pretty good uh yeah, pretty good. and then we get to the introduction once again they set up this little what is this thing technically it's like a mobile battle mobile i don't know vehicle. and it's also not clear if it's it's remote controlled but it can also 
yes behave autonomously i, I guess i think that's the idea because that's the concern that chuck has yeah. about it but oh boy was i excited when it's john mahoney that's showing this off yeah uh, yeah uh which is this is people don't know mahoney at this point he is just a chicago stage actor because mm -hmm. this is not a part that i mean later of course well i mean everybody knows him as fraser's father but he's right. say anything i mean a great legendary character actor um, mm -hmm. But I was like, wow, John Mahoney. And once again, a smart thing, though, having a Chicago director from Chicago, you know, uh, making a movie set in Chicago. He just goes, hey, that John Mahoney guy is great down at, like, Steppenwolf. Let's just mm -hmm. get him to do this. And it's just one scene, but he's great. Somebody who's at least aware enough as to, like, the locals who would be a good fit. Right. You know? So he doesn't have to fly people in. And he knows which theaters to go to to look for talent, exactly, and it's somebody that impressive. the studio is not going to care who you cast in this part. You exactly, because this is to... a bit part, but like, but he... he's making a point of filling even bit parts with good actors. That's what yeah. people do, and the Fugitive. I mean, all of his movies are like that. We talk. That's one of the things that makes things like Under Siege and Above the Law work. Where even though Seagal is terrible, of course, he's always surrounded in the Davis movies with great yeah. people and the fugitive has yeah. a great ensemble cast as well too there is one actor in this movie who's not great who was that uh, and that that is the guy who was working for uh the guy who was basically following around the girl you know uh, oh to like yeah 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 no, i don't necessarily he's... think he's a bad i don't know if he's a bad actor outside of this but he feels very stiff in this yeah. movie you know he kind of lumbers like a sasquatch so <laughs> he does and luckily he's not in it too much but yes that yes. yeah, yeah I, I don't i don't disagree um yeah. but so yeah so you get this and and i do love this uh and i wrote this down as a one-liner where chuck talks and this is also really interesting in today's world of both uh, auto uh autonomous robotics and police and mm -hmm. in military where he says Another gun without a brain. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. It's only more relevant now. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That that that's where I was going. Like I'm like, ooh, this stuff was kind of silly at the time, and now wouldn't be that weird to see in a movie at all. Yeah. That's uh, true. Yeah. Another gun without a brain. And we get this great scene though, where Chuck pulls his gun out, right on John, mm -hmm. who's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> drops the remote, and he's like, Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they are following, uh, uh, this guy. Well, so the big thing is the, the plot of the movie is this guy Camacho is, mm -hmm. he wants to take out Tony Luna. Who's the guy who ripped yes. off his drug deal. Yes. And that's really the whole movie. And he's going to do it by getting to Luna's daughter who's yes. played by, I believe she's introduced here, Molly Hagen, who's a character actor who I've seen in many, many things. Yeah. She seems pretty young in this movie. Like yeah. She, Let's see. I, she must be like early 20s or something. She seems very, very so this young. So is, this is her first movie. Mm -hmm. uh, this is 85, and she would have been... Uh, Yeah, she's 24 here. Okay. Okay, yeah. You yeah, know what's, you know what's interesting? She is currently a regular on the Walker Texas Ranger remake that's on right now. Oh, that is interesting. Huh. <laughs> yeah, because there is a new Walker that's on right now on uh, on is the there CW with, with or without Chuck. Without Chuck, which is why I don't watch. Interesting. Yeah, no, no Chuck, no interest for me. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's it's one of those things where it's like, why make it Walker? You know. Yeah, just just make it something else, yeah. kind of vaguely similar. You yeah, because inspired by Walker. It's, you know, it's one of the guys from Supernatural, and he's Walker now. And I'm going like, meh. He doesn't even kick anybody. He doesn't have martial arts skills because he's not a martial artist. So what? <laughs> then it's just like. Just then, he's just a Texas cop. He doesn't have anything to do with. Wait, which which uh, which of the super? It's one of the two brothers. Yeah, Jared Padalecki. Oh, it's oh the. Uh, of the two, <laughs> he is the weaker actor. I I will say. Correct. The other one is on the boys, and he's fucking yes. great on there. Um, yes, Jensen Ackles is a legitimately good actor. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I I like him a lot. Yeah, Jared Padalecki yeah. though just went right back into CW territory, and he's doing you know, Walker. He found what works, and he's sticking with it, and that's yeah, fine. But it's interesting. Uh, I think I think she plays Walker's mother on there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. At least uh, her character is also named Walker, and that would the ages would work out there. Can I can I just say how grateful I am that this movie wasn't creepy about this girl? No, like, and also the fact that Chuck never came on to her at no, all. No, I'm like, no, he's romance. so much older than her. But if this was a canon movie, he yeah. would have. Like and there 100%. would have been a, a sex scene we would have had to see. There is, it, uh, yeah. This movie has nothing like that in it. Ah, it's it's so refreshing. <laughs> Holy shit! Because I'm so glad he just was able to be a protective person and and like almost like a parental figure well, as opposed it, to it a further lover, works with know? his character, who's a pro. He's a professional. He's a good cop who wouldn't do yeah. that. You know, like it wouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I mean, the the closest we get is at the end of the movie. Yeah, he kisses her on the forehead once again in this father sort of way, yeah. where he's like, he just wants very to be parental. Safe. Yeah, yeah, man, it's great. Uh, but she's uh, is she a teacher? Because she's it taking seems like this group it, or of like kids a daycare a, or something. Yeah, she's yeah, taking yeah, a group of kids to the zoo here, and this yeah. is where they first get these guys going. Hey, where's your old man? <laughs> You get a lot of good Chicago goons in this movie. Yeah, yeah. A couple of gobba ghouls coming yeah. up here, you know. Come here. Hey. Come, come here, man. Uh, yeah. It's I, a, wa- I want to show you something. Yeah, we get a lot of guys who will be like, uh, man, in, uh, in, in 10 years when they're casting The Sopranos, then I'll really get, you know. <laughs> That's what I loved about The Sopranos. It was like everyone on that show is like, oh, I've seen all of you play mob goons in other movies, and now you're all the main characters of a show. Excellent. I was just yeah. looking at a straight-to-video action way for us to maybe do in the future that is a bunch of Sopranos guys that's basically like an action shelf movie starring these guys. Great. Yeah, yeah that I'm sounds like, great. Just a lot of guys going, the fuck you looking at? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you, you get these guys, uh, and then... Uh, when Chuck eventually approaches her, she's similar. He's like, I told everybody I don't know anything, God damn it!" And this is in an yes. art museum now. I do yes. like the scene where Chuck goes into the back of this oh. art museum and this guy oh is doing God. coke. So fucking funny. It's so funny. It's legitimately <laughs> funny. Yes. And, he just... and his one-liner at the end of this scene is legitimately funny. When and he, he walks delivers up to the guy, it well. And I wrote this down. He walked because he the guy the guys are doing coke and they're pretentious <laughs> art snob people right and they're yes. doing cocaine yes um which also very much a 1985 thing like the idea that that's like the high society drug it still kind of mm-hmm. is but the yeah. idea that especially in this time it was like kind of cool to be doing cocaine i feel like now it's right. more like eh, dude maybe don't uh yeah. <laughs> i think we're aware of how fucking dangerous it is now not that people don't do yeah. it but it, 
maybe people are less out in the open than they were in 1985. Um, the sheen is gone a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that. Like, I'm a rich guy. I drive a Ferrari. I do cocaine. You know. Right. <laughs> now exactly. it's a little bit like I think people are like, you kind of have a problem maybe then. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. uh, uh, he's doing that, and they pay no attention to Chuck until he goes over and he goes, "Yeah, this is Sergeant Cusack down at the thing," and then they're like. <laughs> This guy trying to, and then yeah, he walks right up to the guy, and he goes, yeah. "Catch you later." It's so good. It's, it's so very funny. good. It's very funny. <laughs> like he gets right in his face, like he's gonna say, it, and he just goes, "Catch you later." Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's a great. It's a legitimately great one liner, and we talk a lot about how Chuck's not really the the one liner type of action hero, and he's you know? not. He's and not, the, he's but not this Arnold. is the kind of one liner he can do, where it's it's. It's the way Batman is funny in a comic. Yes. Like where it's like he's not telling a joke. It is his stoicism in contrast to the situation that is funny. And that is how you make – because once again, Firewalker, we saw them try to turn him into a wisecracker. And you're like, no, No, he's just not that guy. It didn't work. That's not not Chuck's fault. That's just not something he can – not everybody can do that. Right, and exactly. we were talking about Van Dam isn't really a particularly great one-line deliverer. That's not his nope. thing, you know. That that's Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Eastwood. Those guys are good at that. Because uh, I do feel like in the Dirty Harry version of this, there probably were more one-liners. Because Dirty, yeah, that makes Dirty sense. Harry did quip a lot in those movies. He did, uh, but Clint's really good at that kind of stuff. Clint is good. Well, because Clint does have. I'm not saying Chuck doesn't have a sense of humor, but Clint does have more of a wry kind of like, yeah. He's also more of an actor, so, you know. Well, that can... is the thing, yeah. Clint Eastwood's yeah. an actual actor. <laughs> yeah. He's yes. actually he's actually a really good actor. Um, I feel yes. like sometimes people forget about that because he's such an icon. Um, love this scene where Chuck goes to the mob boss's yacht and he just throws this guy off the yacht. <laughs> And then kicks him as he's climbing back up. Yeah, yeah. So he he goes in, he tosses the guy off, he talks to the mob boss, then when he comes out, just as the guy is getting back up on the boat, he kicks him back (laughs) into the water. Oh, oh, that's gold, man. And you know what I love is this is all stuff like the only times you see Chuck use violence like that is like, I guess it's police brutality, but these guys are all like total scumbags. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's it's and actually that feels like that dirty Harry thing, right? Where it's just like I don't mm-hmm. have any fucking respect for you organized crime shits. And really, all he's doing is throwing him off of like, like he the guy's fine. He never know? really commits any brutality per se, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, it's I mean he he responds in kind to stuff. This guy put his hands on Chuck, so he just chucks mm. him in the water. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, and when he he says something like, uh, the mob boss says to him, is like, are you threatening me, Cusa? He goes, it's not a threat. It's a prediction. Which is, uh, which is in response to the, what the mob boss says, because he's talking about, it's 1985, talking about the internet being like, this is a, a 20th century crystal ball we got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. and, and he's like, you're not trying to bribe me with, like, stock, you know, right. uh, tips. He's like, not a not a bribe it's a prediction yeah you know? and, then and then he that's right that's right yeah it's not yeah. a threat it's a prediction yeah uh but yeah it's this great is, one-liner but then you, know? the, you talk about this next scene is brutal because they go to luna's house and just slaughter his family yeah like i i was 
unprepared for this scene. Like, yeah. I was legitimately shocked by it. Because it's, um, it's his wife and mother, I think, right? Yeah. And, and they, oh, open yeah. Up, they open up this moving truck, and these guys with machine guns just open up. Then they kick yeah. into the door to the house and just shoot everybody inside. And yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal, and it's played as dark and serious. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Chuck gets there, his reaction is properly somber. Um, yeah. It's it's like something where I, I I this I thought this during the scene. I'm like, we watch so many of these movies, and we see so much murder in these movies. But this is a rare one mm-hmm. where I'm like, death is kind of has actual impact in this movie. It does. It does. It actually uh, matters. You see it affect Chuck and when when the daughter finds out about it like yeah. they really get they slow down and give the movie time to like process like how fucked up that is and how it's <laughs> like mean, really tragic this character like her circumstances are and it's the same thing when we see the innocent kid get shot at the beginning too it's like yeah uh, uh and later when you have chuck's friend who's protecting the daughter and he gets killed and Chuck yeah. is affected by that. I'm going like, and not in an action way where it's like, oh, I will avenge you. It is like, yeah. oh, shit, people are dead. Yeah. This is a world yeah. of violence. And yeah. these villains are really fucking evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but they're not like, their villainy doesn't come from their ethnicity, which is really nice. They just happen to be, you know, a Hispanic crime right. organization. It, it, uh, yeah, it never, it never plays as that. And we never. It get... didn't do the thing in uh, Hitman where yeah. he starts. <laughs> no, throwing it, out it is Arabic just, slurs against it is Iranians. just the rivalry between two yeah. crime organizations. One that happens to be Italian, one that happens to be Hispanic. The Hispanic guys aren't any worse. They're all no. bad gangster people, you know. It's and not... honestly, the the movie doesn't even say that the police are any better than either. No, no. In fact, that's the whole yeah. point of the movie, right? Is the police are just yeah, they're another. They're all the same thing. They yeah. all have this code of silence. They're all participating yes. in the system. It is. Oh. It is a movie that actually wrestles with what, how crime happens. Like you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I once again, I'm what? fucking shocked, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not you <laughs> a know. movie that had that's about Chuck Norris roundhouse kicking crime. Yeah. also has a nuanced take on the police it's it's crazy so they figure out that of course they're gonna go try to kill the daughter or at least grab her right or and, do something yeah yeah uh and ch- this leads to this action scene on the l train in chicago is oh, awesome yes because yes. it leads to this chase and then the guy has got the a knife to the daughter's throat and they're on this train mm-hmm. and then Chuck ends up mm-hmm. falling up onto the roof of the train and this all looks amazing because it's all real yeah. practical and Chuck's yeah. on top of that train man we've oh yeah ta- yeah we, we've talked before about Chuck was a guy who did a lot of his own stunts and and it showed yeah uh, yeah the the action beats are varied um, yeah. they are interesting there's a forward momentum to them you yeah. know. There's an arc to them, which is very interesting. It's the movie's constantly um, outdoing itself. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you thought that was cool. Wait till the next thing we fucking it's show you. Really good. Like it, this is like this there, is how you make an. There's a car movie. chase in this movie that's great. Like there's a, a legitimately good car, car chase. chase. Yeah, and we don't see a lot of good car chases on this show. No, I mean, those are hard to do. So I I want to I want to point this out because I mean the thing that the thing that shocks me, of course, is the reviews for this movie. So I go to my favorite film critic of all time, Roger Ebert. And yeah. he gave this movie three and a half out of four stars. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he opens it when he goes, the ads for Code of Silence look schlocky. And Chuck Norris mm. is still identified with a series of great zilch karate epics. But this is a heavy-duty thriller, a slick, energetic movie with good performances and a lot of genuine human interests. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, 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 it goes, it grabs you right at the start with a complicated triple cross, and then it develops into a stylish urban action picture with sensational stunts. How sensational? How about an unfaked fight on top of a speeding elevated train <laughs> ending when both fighters dive off the train in the Chicago River? And, of course, Ebert was a Chicago uh, critic. Um, that makes sense. So this yeah. is his hometown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that I mean, it's all – they're really up there. And then when they leap mm. off of this thing – it's cool. Now, of course, Davis will later give us the greatest jump into water probably in film history, which is The Fugitive. Right. Um, right. But, but this is pretty cool. This is very cool. And then I like Chuck Singer questions guy. And then a boat just takes him out. <laughs> Boy, that was good, man. That's what we want. That, those are the kind of deaths we want in these acts. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I laughed so hard when that happened. I'm like, this movie is great. Yeah, this is, that that I love. You're just like, oh, because because you, you you think they're gonna continue the fight or something, or Chuck's gonna pull him out and question him. Instead, the guy just gets splattered by a boat. Yes, and it's quick. So he and is over. both simultaneously successful in saving uh, uh, the daughter. Yeah, but he fails in the sense that he doesn't get to question this person and fi- figure out the motives. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, as and I'm just gonna, the, uh, the stunts are great, but not surprising. Chuck Norris is famous for the stunts he features in all his movies. What is surprising is the number of interesting characters in Code of Silence. <laughs> the screenplay doesn't give us the usual cardboard cliches. There's a lot of human life here in a series yeah. of carefully crafted performances. For once, here's a thriller that realizes we have to care about the characters before we care about their adventure. I mean, Ebert's saying yes. a lot of the same stuff we're saying, which is, and yes. I watched. I went on YouTube and watched the Siskel and Ebert episode about this movie, and both of them were just going, mm-hmm. "I can't believe how much I like this." <laughs> kind of like we're going, we're just going. They're going, "This is good. This is really good. This it's is legitimately good, good, good filmmaking." Um, and I know they continued to be supporters of Andrew Davis because I remember them liking yeah. Under Siege and The Fugitive. Um, yeah. Although I think they they talked up Seagal. Now we always have the reference of we know Seagal is a huge piece of shit. So, sure. but he is not good in that movie. I don't care what they people at the time were no. like. Hey, he, this could be something, man. Like, yeah, eh, we should. There's like we we should watch Above the Law. I haven't seen it forever. Uh, which yeah, which is Seagal's first movie that Davis directed. Yeah. Uh, and Davis yeah. talked about he was a lot different on Under Siege than he was on Above the Law when he had no star power. I bet, yeah, no clout or anything, and so it was a huge yeah. change. Uh, but this yeah. scene is amazing and then you get this once again silent chuck scene when he comes up to the daughter and she's wrapped in the blanket and he just holds her hand because her family's dead and yeah it's good it's just like yeah yeah, chuck can be more than he's still stoic but he doesn't have to be a badass all the time you know yeah there's there is a deeper level to his stoicism in these in these scenes. Yes, there's like a mournful, somber well, tone. To exactly. It. I feel like this is the first Chuck Norris character I've seen who seems to really care about other people. And he, you know, he yeah. he's a once again, it's the thing about death matters, people matter. He's affected by yeah. this. He's yeah. upset about injustice and and corruption. He's not yeah. just a guy going like. 
yeah, I'm here to fuck dudes. Like we, we were talking about the hitman last week. Once again, we're just going like, what what does this guy want? What's motivating him? <laughs> Why is he both trying to uh, uh, basically raise this child, but also <laughs> cold-blooded, mur- committing cold-blooded That's what I mean. murder? This movie finds that balance that allows him to be a sensitive good guy and a yeah. badass hero. Yes. Yeah. But, but, and both they don't uh they don't like uh cancel each other out, you know. They're not competing, you know. They they complement each other in this movie. Right. So then we yeah. go we go to every all the cops are hanging out in this cop bar and you get this yes. funny beat of these two morons who go in to rob this cop bar and immediately yes. everyone pulls out a gun on them. Yes. Uh, so the character who kept putting on sunglasses and like tr- testing out his like cool look. Yeah. Uh, Maggie and I decided that she was was the sunglasses guy. Because um, <laughs> it's all about uh, presentation. It know? is. It is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these two were very funny. They looked the other guy who had the toothpick. He looked familiar, um, although I couldn't quite. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. I think a lot of these people continued acting or were yeah. character actors in some capacity. I don't know. I don't even know how to yeah. look up who that is. I mean, we don't uh, have to. Don't but have to uh, but that scene's pretty funny. Uh, it is. It is very funny. Uh, I I don't know how this line ages, but uh, the guy's got a gun on the and he says. Uh, he goes, what do you think, you're John Wayne? He goes, I'll make you Jane Wayne unless you shut the fuck up and puts a yeah, gun to his crotch. Not the worst thing we've heard in one of these movies, but it's yeah, not, uh, it not, doesn't age super well. It's not directly aimed at any community or anything, but it certainly is, uh, you know. Also, you know, cops threatening to blow people's balls off. Or not exactly. Yeah, right. Anyway, so Chuck finally comes to the bar because the, I want to, who is this guy who plays the. That's uh, true. The the young cop. I don't remember what char- what his character's name was. It was. Let's see here. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of characters in this movie. There is. Um, but uh, is it Nick? Is that him? Could be. He would have been young at this time, so I think this is him. Yeah. He's also in Probably. the Fugitive. Uh. Oh well, there you go. So they yeah, and the package. And uh, so he's in a couple other Andrew Davis movies, and he also ends up in The Hero and the Terror, which is another uh, Chuck Norris mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, working character actor. I thought he was very good here, though. He calls him down there, he was. and he's really unsure what to do because he, you know, he's going along. Everybody's telling him to go along, uh, and we do see that all the guys at the cop bar they don't love Chuck. Chuck doesn't hang out no. with the other cops, you know. Yeah, yeah, he he is othered by by them, you know, because he's he's the goody two shoes. Yeah, and Dennis Farina is his friend, but Dennis Farina kind of goes between, right? He's friends with yeah. Chuck, but he's one of these guys. I do love Farina with these two ladies. Hey, <laughs> and he's the only guy he's going a like dental hey. hygienist. She's very oral. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> Farina, man, Farina's great. Uh, Lisa, and then this this is him segueing into full time acting. But yeah, he's just got. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got that vibe, and he just shows up and and, uh, and isn't he uh, isn't he isn't he in New Girl? He's yeah, he's Nick's, Nick's father in yeah. New Girl, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, he's great in that. De- Des Farina, great, legitimately great actor. Uh, yeah. We and and weirdly started off, like I said, as a Chicago as cop. An actual cop. Yeah. And you know, uh, Michael Mann befriended a lot of real cops and crooks when he was doing research for his movies, and started putting him Sense. in movies. And then Farina really took to it. <laughs> and ended what a up weird career trajectory <laughs> to go from like homicide cop to actor yeah. and like yeah. big time actor. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there he says, uh, uh, I wanted to see you, yeah, 18-year veteran of Chicago PD. I thought Ken Jeong's uh, uh, path to acting was strange, but this might be a little weirder, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He went army to police to Hollywood. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, once said in an interview, his nickname of Chicago PD was The Great Wounder, because he was a famously bad shot, and he <laughs> shot three armed suspects during his time, but never killed any of them. Well, that's good. That's yeah, actually, that's kind of the. That's I do always. It's better. you know that's a weird thing that fascinates me about police. If they fire their guns, they are instructed to kill, not to wound, yeah. because it's cruel to wound. You know what? I'd rather be shot in the leg by a cop than murdered. Oh, would I? I think that's the yeah. thing. I'm going yeah, I like, think I'd rather you know not what? Maybe die. let's revisit that idea and maybe try yeah. to shoot people in the leg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something that can be recovered from. Well, the know? idea, the in concept, the, now I'm talking about this, but in concept, the idea is your gun should be your last resort. So if you pull it, you are looking to end someone's life. Right, which is, of course, not how it's actually used, but uh, yeah. I understand. That, that... They, they have stupidly assumed people don't really badly don't want to kill people right (laughs) which apparently is or or in the case of like the beginning of this movie when when the teenager is shot i think it's just like they just pull you just pull like it's it's cowardice you know it's like i don't even want to like risk like my life here so i'm just gonna shoot first it's it's one of the biggest problems which is just like don't the idea of don't well maybe don't have maybe they shouldn't have guns but that's you know <laughs> this is getting into my crazy opinions but uh anyway. john i don't think it's that crazy i, don't I think, think there's a lot crazy. of people who agree with you yeah uh, it's at least a conversation that is happening and yep. should happen yep yeah. uh anyway oh i do again, like the... we don't have the answers we just ask questions here we're yeah we're just we're just guys who watch action movies i don't know what to tell exactly. you exactly we don't really yeah. know uh you know um uh, if it's not talked about in Law and Order, I really don't understand it uh, in the police work. So, right. Uh, uh, th- I do like this scene where he confronts this old cop here, and I thought this mm-hmm. was a good one-liner where the guy goes, "Where do you get off?" and Chuck says, "Right about here." Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. one. Of, that's one of my favorite Chuck scenes in anything, man. That was good stuff. And I like that. Well, I, I will say. Uh, admitting that the old cop uh killed that kid at the cop bar with the guy who did it yeah not a great look no uh no not not very smart but that's okay i'm willing to uh set aside but of course (laughs) you know that logic there when we get to the uh the hearing the the young cop sticks with the story and it's chuck who goes well i didn't see it but I know that guy, and he's yeah. a fucking embarrassment to the force. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind what happened. Yeah. And then, of course, 
everybody is outside the this is good stuff man it's so good yeah yeah and i love the the sequence of because he he runs off because the the girl who's staying with a friend of his yeah uh he keeps trying to call and he's not getting a hold of them yeah so he's like something's up something's up this is Uh, i think this is the best scene in this movie is this scene where he's going there and no mm -hmm. one will back him up yeah so the the dispatch is like a a unit whatever 1496 or whatever uh we have something it's like sorry uh, my radio's broken or you know oh there's a dead dog in the road sorry or the one where he goes we got a drug situation here and it's just they're like having coffee and yucking it up right it's it's like the inverse of what we usually see in these movies where usually it's like He's a one man army, and we fucking love that. You know, it's like, yeah, well, the, yeah, the, the, I work alone, up. buddy. You know, that yeah. kind of thing, right? Whereas, but here, this is, I need backup. Yeah. I am just one. I'm a, I'm a fucking one man army, but I am just one man. Yeah, so Chuck, like, Chuck doesn't want to be a one man army. Eddie Cusack no. is not a guy who, that's why I do agree with Ebert about the promotion of this. And we read the tagline last week where it's like, mm-hmm. the toughest cop in the world just got tougher and you're like yeah it's, yeah, not, it's not actually really that kind of movie no or what was because there's two tag oh yeah right? yeah yeah the other one is uh eddie cusack's a good cop having a very bad day it just fe- yeah it's and then so him with the shotgun yeah. and you're going like oh this is gonna be a movie where chuck kills a hundred guys and that's what he calls police <laughs> work you know uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be Cobra. That this movie is pitching as exactly. I, I love Cobra, but Cobra's a fucking comic book. Like it is Cobra, a, yes. is complete insane. Cobra is as realistic as RoboCop. You know, like that. Yes. It's that level. There's very little difference. Other than prosthetics, there's very little difference between the two. <laughs> right. It is. He might as well just be a superhero. Like yeah. uh, it's 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 so insane. Here though, it's and a guy, yeah. I, I I like that Chuck does well, but it is evident that he can't do it alone necessarily. Well, because the guy is killed, Um, and so he goes to this bar where he knows the bad guys are, and he's like, I want to know where she is. And, oh, this is the the one that's in the trailer, too, because I did watch the trailer. And when the Mm -hmm. guy says something, he goes, I want your opinion. I'll beat it out of you. (laughs) And he goes up to this guy who's doing cocaine, and when Chuck is just slamming this guy's face into the mirror of cocaine, oh, that's fucking badass, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is good stuff right there. Good stuff. And this is the guy who survived uh, the initial, like, the beginning of the movie. Yes. This guy is doing coke. Yeah, he was at the drug deal, and he he survived. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Chuck just yeah. smashing his face into this mirror of cocaine. Because this yeah. is now Chuck's not fucking around anymore. He's they, like, well, I have zero backup, so I'm just going to fucking do whatever i can yeah you i don't think he would have been this brutal if he had had other cops with him but he's got no choice he's got to come in with overwhelming force this is another scene i love when he comes back into the bar and all the goons are there and he pulls his piece and he's just like what do you want it do you and you just go on yeah they're like circling him very carefully you know it's very and it's only because a guy gets behind him attention yeah the guy gets behind him puts a gun to him and then even still chuck manages to take out a bunch of these guys Oh, so many, yeah. But it's not enough because there's so many of, yeah. uh, of them. But you talk yeah. about, man, a front runner for best hand-to-hand fight that we've seen Fuck, this yeah. year. This bar fight. And we've seen him battle other bar. We saw a bar fight in Firewalker. We saw a bar fight in Hitman. But this yes. one is so much better. And it is obviously yeah. Chuck is still at the same level of 
mm-hmm. martial arts skills, but this is so much better directed and so much better executed script wise. Mm-hmm. And I like that he can't beat all of them. No, like, he takes he does out... a good job for a while, but that's still well, like somebody a, like it's like fifty people against. And one somebody person, gets so. him in the back of the head with a billiard ball too, which kind of yes. stunt stuns him, and then they're able to get all around him and grab him. Yeah, yeah. And then I do like, I like that he's not invincible in this. Movie, yeah, he's not. You know? No, and and even at the end of the movie, he's only able to do it because he has to. He has to use that crazy vehicle thing because he's got no backup and he, he exactly doesn't just come in and shoot everybody on his own he needs to be blowing that thing up um yeah. and then farina does show up here he's the only guy who eventually gets word uh, that he's there and yeah when yeah. he comes in chuck is all fucked up and bloodied and uh mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh oh, this is good stuff man i just it's kind of because then farina gives him a clue right or something uh, uh farina finds him oh he tells him that the guy is coming back in town uh they, they right. know where he's gonna be because that's gonna set up this car chase and uh because that... luna had left town and now he's coming back into town on the train yes yes and this moment where chuck is like all right, I'm getting up. I'm going yeah. to do this. Is it feels very like season one Daredevil to me? Very you know? much so. Yeah, where it is like yeah. I am bloodied and beaten, but somebody's got to handle this. And for yeah. we should mention. Wait, I don't think we mentioned Farina got shot in the leg at the beginning of the movie, which is why yes. his partner has not been able to back him up. Farina's off, yes. you know, on disability at this point. So yes, and so and the young cop has been patrolling with Chuck. Yes. Uh, I don't like at the beginning of the movie, there's like, uh, he's going with you for now. He's like, I don't want to fucking babysit this kid or whatever. And that kid is talking about where it's like, I know it's wrong, but I don't want everybody to hate me like they hate you, you know? And oh man, that is, you know, that's a thing cops have to deal with. Uh, And it's not just that. He's just like, I have a wife and kids. Yeah. Like they'll, they, they'll kill me, man. Like they'll, they'll throw me off the force. I mean, you're getting into like Serpico kind of stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. Which is one of, if not the best movie about police corruption. And of course a true story. And guess what? They tried to fucking kill that guy in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Serpico got shot in the face and survived, but they tried to murder him because he wasn't joining their corruption. Um, Yep. That story is nuts. And a great, one of the Pacino's best. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Chuck is going out there, man, and oh, this car chase is so well so done, and it's not—it's not an over-the-top car chase. It's just a really solid. I love the way it builds because he's just pursuing them, and then they realize he's mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. the speeding up of this because they the, the the Camacho's guys get Luna at the train station. Chuck isn't yes. able to get to him, so he's following them in his car, and mm-hmm. yeah, this is a great car chase, and Chicago's a great car chase city. Because uh, yeah. I also think of uh, how well Nolan uses it in The Dark Knight for that mm, truck chase. Yeah. Um, yes. Nolan, also a Chicago guy. Chicago, Makes I sense. mean, and, and Chicago has such a history of crime and stuff like that that it do, it does always have that vibe yeah. to me that I yeah. that I like about it. Uh, and of course, we'll uh, at some point we'll do a commentary on The Untouchables, one of the great Chicago crime yes. movies. Um, and it has such a great uh, history for theater as well. So yeah. like acting is such a such a vital part of like the economy. There, I do which always is great. like when you also you see so many New York and L.A. movies or even Miami. The Chicago always feels more interesting to me just because I don't exactly. see it as much. And particularly exactly. when it shows up in these kind of crime movies, I just love this yeah. whole sequence. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, eventually it's Luna gets the gun the guy is holding on him, and they shoot the mm-hmm. driver. 
which causes yes. the car to do a flip up in the air. Yeah. Love it. But then they all die. I did I did think during this and then later I was like, man, this checks this movie's good and it checks every action shelf box, right? It's got a car flipping, it's got a rocket launcher, it's got, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh a guy one-handing a shotgun. We love shotguns on this show too. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, we've talked about how the shotgun might be the most cinematic weapon. Yeah, you know, because it, because it requires constant mechanism where you know, like your yes. the of a shotgun is always and adding excitement even if somebody's not shooting. Exactly. And this adds the element of uh you see the like every time he reloads, you can see the shell fly out. Yeah. And and there's like like smoke trailing from it, and it's very cinematic. There's just it's it does cool. a lot of stuff. There's lots of things moving on it and stuff like that. And and also yeah. <laughs> at least as portrayed in movies, it makes guys fly back when they get shot with it. You can really makes them fly back. It's got a weird range. Like the range of this shotgun is not yeah. realistic at all. It's uh, it's 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 a long gun, but it's a close range gun at the same time. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, if it's you great, were, the gunfight at the end of the movie, the shotgun is not what you want if you're going no. around taking off goons. You yeah. want an assault rifle probably but he doesn't have that he's got a shotgun nope. and so it's cool yeah. man yeah <laughs> it's not uh it's not him dual wielding uzis in invasion USA, that's true you know which that's is true. a yeah. fucking insane movie <laughs> or when he's uh 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 from the hip shooting that rocket launcher <laughs> here he yes. takes aim with the he uses a rocket rocket launcher properly in this movie yes uh yes. although still in like an urban setting which is insane that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh he 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 eventually finds out where the girl is being held, which of course is an old abandoned warehouse because it has to be mm-hmm. in an action movie, right? Of course. Uh, of course. Uh and and yeah, he's they, they get a report that he's stolen the weapons truck of the Chicago. <laughs> I love this where it's like, uh yeah, Sergeant Cusack just took our entire weapons supply truck. <laughs> Now he is a one man army. Yeah, well, I he's. Think I mean, he says, but yeah, he. I guess he is a one man army. But I do like that once again, and it's of course it's completely outside their own reality. But the movie mm-hmm. is a smart enough script. It kind of makes you believe that he would be pushed to do this. That this is not his first choice. Yeah, this is when he's back. This is him backed up against the wall. Now, he's backed up into a corner. I have to imagine this stuff stems from the Dirty Harry version of this because. This, particularly those sequels were all about what weapon will Harry wield at the end of the movie, right? And it's all about, right, like, yeah. you know, when you get to the rocket launcher and the enforcer, or he's got the uh, mm-hmm. he's got the the Magnum automatic in Sudden Impact, or mm-hmm. my favorite, the, the fucking harpoon gun, harpoon gun in Deadpool. When, I mean, you want to talk about a great entrance. When Clint comes out of the smoke holding that giant harpoon gun in Deadpool, you're like, oh, yes. But... It's also like you're like this is as far away from that first movie as you can get, man. We're in sure is. you're in that's not a canon movie, but that is canon territory. That it, that it Deadpool movie, is, yeah. Um, that's also the one where somebody throws a a Molotov cocktail into his car while he's driving, and he catches it and throws <laughs> it back at them. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's there's a running subplot that doesn't even have anything to do with the main mystery, where the mob just wants to kill Harry, and it's just an yes. excuse to have every twenty minutes a big action scene break out. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, so Chuck shows up here, uh, 
well, you, I like we see him getting ready. We see him loading stuff, and, and you see him maneuvering. Mm -hmm. I do like that, of course, he would have figured out how this thing works. I also love that they're demo the robot. Yeah, but I also like that they're. This is still their demo robot because it says that, mm -hmm. and of course that thing would be loaded with live armaments. Obviously, obviously, yeah, yeah of course. Well, it... they did say in the first scene, uh, uh, even a child can operate it. Okay, uh, good screenwriting then. Yes, I, I, I which thought I they... thought was was good screenwriting, but also kind of a subtle dig against the police. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that <laughs> even is you dum dums the... can operate this. Well, and I RC think that's even even death. how it's meant to be, right? Which is just like, here's a lazy thing so you don't have to do any real police work. It's Chuck's exactly. thing about it. It's just a gun without a brain. How yeah. is that going to help yeah. anybody? Chuck actually yeah. seems like, and I think doesn't he have a line somewhere in there where he goes, like, it's our job to protect people. We're not here to yes. shoot people. And you're like, yes. man, that is that is so prescient. It's sad that yeah. that's still, it's even more the case now. Well, it yeah, was happening then. Yeah. We just didn't talk about it, actually. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. The conversation is like, like, like cop, cop shooting people is not a new thing at all. Nope. Uh, we just, just can record it now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, love him blowing the sniper out of the tower with the with the rocket off it, of this thing. This is it's so good that it's, is a chef's kiss my friend right there that is i watched it three times i had to back up and watch it's it three times so great because this guy's flaming body goes flying <laughs> out of this tower and you're like <laughs> into oh, the river oh yeah oh god what I, I that's what i like about the structure of this movie though it's like you know what we've been serious we've been grounded you're invested in this and now we're gonna go crazy in the third act you know it's it's <laughs> it, they've earned it where it's like yeah man you've set up the fireworks very effectively yeah. uh, yes. uh, uh but uh I, I okay here here's the uh uh the roger ebert by the end of the film when he's reduced to function as a one-man army we can't really believe the armored robot tank that he brings into action but what the hell we accept it exactly yeah exactly it's That's silly it's nonsensical in a way i mean again because there are actual you know, autonomous. Uh, now there are, but sir, yeah. I still don't know that. But like at the time, I yeah. still don't know that police have ones that roll around with rocket launchers on the side of them. Like, exactly. They, that is, that is absurd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, the, let's see the, uh, oh yeah. So he does that. Then he pulls out the rocket launcher and blows open the door to this warehouse and everybody, mm -hmm. I do. They're all just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> Everything's exploding <laughs> around them. And yeah, here comes Chuck in the big burning hole of the thing mm -hmm. with his shotgun. And I do like and they the all have controller for the thing. Yeah, they all they're all standing there like, oh, like there is a second where, and I think it's Silva goes, "What are you doing? Kill him! What are you doing?" <laughs> Well, you gotta take in the moment, you know. You gotta and stop just, and appreciate. He just starts entrance. blowing these guys away, and then also the little truck thing comes in and starts machine gunning people. Well, this starts with so he enters, and then somebody's coming up on his right, and yeah. that's when he one hands straight out with a shotgun yeah, and blows this guy away. Makes no like, sense, but it looks <laughs> cool as yeah. That's the thing, and that's what it is, man. That's a screenwriting lesson. We will accept this shit if you've made us love the characters and stuff. And so you are yes. going like, "Fuck yes, get them." <laughs> <'em." laughs> they've they, they've earned it, man. And and yeah. Chuck is Chuck's like. Well, I guess if I have to single-handedly kill the entire mob, <laughs> then so be it. 
and he is just blowing dudes away. This truck oh, is machine gunning guys. Um, yeah. There's a nice moment in here though where he's taking cover and he's loading up the shotgun again, and he just locks eyes with the daughter who's tied up. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's, there's no dialogue exchange. There's no even, but it's just kind of a like, just yeah, recognition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, and uh, and it's pretty awesome. And then he ends up. So then we get the showdown with Silva, which is from a distance. So Chuck mm-hmm. can snipe a guy with a revolver. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, this is a thing where it's like, this is not the most spectacular death of the bad guy, but it is the most dramatically uh, dramatic, like, weighty death for him. Yeah, because he, the uh, Silva's going after the daughter. It with is a sort of like pickaxe this, or something. Yeah, I do. I do like this is a this is a very good uh, action movie bad guy thing where it's like, well, my organization is dead. Every you know everything is falling apart, but I'm just gonna with what I have left kill this woman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Chuck, very cinematic for sure. Chuck taking it. This is a very lethal weapon. We'll do this later with Danny Glover, where it's like he's mm-hmm. got to take it. Although I think he's still one-handing it, which is insane. He is. I think he's he still just aiming it. one-handed, and yeah. and he shoots him. But of course, he's not dead from that. He's still crawling now towards the thing. There's like a yeah. It's like a horror movie reveal where his eye opens and then he starts looking in a crazed way and he starts lo- like crawling and lumbering up to her with a with a hammer henry silva was always good at this shit of just being like i am creepy and terrifying i'm coming for you yeah uh yeah and chuck now we get the slow motion kaboom and the guy's chest explodes and good (laughs) good squib work here yeah yeah and he is down for the count man and it is it is sweet oh and then we get uh, uh, we get when all the, when everybody else finally arrives and Chuck carrying the woman out of the, the smoking rubble of the place. Mm-hmm. Cla- yeah, and like I said, it's... at this point, I'm like, you've earned it, movie. Let him be the action hero now. Let yeah. him be the yeah. Superman who's carrying this woman out. And yeah, just the look of all the other cops going like, jeez, uh, so jeez, man, uh, that was uh, pretty wild stuff there. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Some weather we're having. Yeah, this is uh, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> is that the oh, that's the there's the there's the rocket launching robot. Cool, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do like the captain going like, "Hey, Cusack, uh, you, you coming in tomorrow?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'll be back." Yeah, yeah. You 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 take the rest of the day off, Cusack. We'll we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. See you in the morning, bright and early. Yeah. And everybody's just like, I guess we shouldn't have been so mean to that guy. That guy was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's sort of an unstoppable one man army. Uh, but yeah, yeah this I is, guess this is the most unless justified. Unless we want to incur his wrath, we probably should be good cops now. Um, so. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. we get another Farina jo- you know, business pitch here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it or whatever, you know. And that's Code of Silence. That's the, the man. Yeah. What, what a satisfying experience. It was. It was great all the way through. Uh, it, it was never not good. Uh, like it was tr- truly a pleasure to watch. Um, and and so if you have HBO Max, yeah, I highly recommend this, watching this, movie. which we rarely do. But this one really earns the the recommend here. This is mm-hmm. a great action movie. Man, this is yeah. this is exactly what I want to see when I'm watching something from the yes. uh, the 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 80s, you know. Yes, and and Maggie put it really well. Uh, 
she's like, this is the Chuck Norris that the early 2000s internet was like raving about, you know, like the early 2000s yes. was thinking about Chuck Norris in this movie, like 100%. just being an unstoppable, awesome badass. Yep. This know? is it, man. It's uh, the best use of it. They really. Yeah. Yeah. Because Chuck Norris, I mean, that's the thing where it's like we're talking about Chuck Norris is going to be Chuck Norris. It really yeah. is about how you use him. And, mm -hmm. uh, man, I just love this movie. This is one I'll definitely yeah. revisit, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, so, Kodos, I think we're both in agreement on the best death is that guy getting shot out of the tower, right? I think so. Yeah, definitely. I feel like everything is... Uh... But uh, what's our favorite one-liner here? We've got a few. Uh, a, a few good options. Yeah. Like, we actually have a great selection of one-liners here. So when they're introducing the, the mobile robot tank, uh, Chuck says, hmm, another gun without a brain. Uh, when he confronts the guy who's doing cocaine, he says, catch you later. <laughs> uh, when he's talking to the guy on the yacht with the stock predictions, he says, it's not a threat. It's a prediction. Mm. Uh, uh, when he confronts the old piece of shit cop on the bar, the guy asks, where do you get off? And Chuck says, right about here. Yeah. And then finally, when he walks into the bar and one of the monsters says something to him, he says, I want your opinion. I'll beat it out of you. Yeah, great one-liners. Those are tough, man. I think Catch You Later is my favorite. Catch You um, Yeah, that's pretty good. Cuz it's it there's a couple of layers to it which is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh and it's delivered really well. Um, it is. It's 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 a yeah, I want to recognize that just cuz Chuck really nails that delivery and he isn't always good at that. So Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That, is, maybe that is good. Uh uh yeah, let's go with that. Okay, great. Yeah. Catch you later. <laughs> uh, well, listen, as you know, it's always my uh, job to find the strangest IMDb reviews I can. And, mm -hmm. of course, we agree with the opinions this is a good movie. But yeah. uh, here's here's just a weird way of stating that. Okay. Um, this comes to us from C. Brano, uh, okay. uh, 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 IMDb user. And... Uh, uh, the review is titled Mr. Norris visits the world of dirty Harry profitably. I love any review that starts with gee whiz. <laughs> gee whiz. A martial arts actor can't get no respect is it because he visits dirty Harry territory is it because he tries to bend and twist the genre a little. I think Mr. Norris outdid Steven Seagal before Seagal movies even happen. Good for you, Mr. Norris. Now, the profile for criminals tends to be short, fat, ugly, stupid, separately or in combination. <laughs> so why not hold up? Why not hold up a cop's bar? 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> Very simple. Wow. What a weird review. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Very strange review. Um, now, of course, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't check in with our old pal Bruce Winning, who shared his mm -hmm. thoughts with this mo of this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. with us and uh it's time again for everyone's favorite segment the winning opinion uh here's bruce winning's review of code of silence it is titled yeah. chuck norris does karate very well <laughs> i appreciate that this was formatted for my television thanks for the 16.9 i really like the punching and kicking i like the shooting mm. there is plenty the explosions mm. really add to the dramatic effect I generally like to watch a crime drama with Chuck Norris. Five out of five mm. stars. Uh, 
I, I disagree with no points there. No, <laughs> Bruce is right on the money this week. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did. Yeah. There you go. It 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 yeah. worked for Bruce as it should. Um, as it should. I mean, he is. Uh, I would say he is much more generous with his reviews than we That's normally true. are. But this week, mm-hmm. yeah, Chuck. Indeed, sir. Chuck Norris does do karate very well. Yes. Now, this didn't turn into a, a, a Dirty Harry type franchise, but what say we try to bring Eddie Cusack back in another yeah. adventure uh, by using our handy dandy uh, action movie title generator? And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to fire this up and come up with. So we had Code of Silence. Uh, let's see here. Now we have. <laughs> okay. Justice in Time. Not just in time, Justice in Time. Okay, so I, I, there's a ticking clock. Oh, that's just what I was going to say. No, that's just what I was just what I was going to say. Was yeah, it's got to mm-hmm. be a ticking clock thing. So let's yes. see. Yes, mm. is it another mob thing? Is it a thing where it's like someone's going to go on trial or something? Or Could be. Could or is be. or is it a bomber movie? We should we should have it be a bomber. Let's let's separate it from from the first movie. And uh, uh, and why not? Let's say Andrew Davis is back, and this time he's bringing his pal Tommy Lee Jones as our mad bomb. Let's do it. Yes, as the villain. Yes. That's right. Chicago is going to pay for what they've done. Politician, <laughs> politician, Chicago. Ooh, maybe that's the thing where it's like he's a vigilante, and even though Chuck agrees that the people he's blowing up are corrupt, you can't go around yes. blowing people up. So maybe he's yes. blowing up corrupt politicians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That yes. gives us an opening where you have like a corrupt judge taking a bribe. And then he gets in mm-hmm. his limo and it explodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is great. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, I want to see this. Yeah. I, I, Farina, I'm sad it never happened. Farina's back as his partner, this time not of injured, course. so he's in the movie more, uh, mm-hmm. which is good stuff. It's and, in Chicago again, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chicago. So okay, this is great. Chicago, yeah, you know, and uh, he's really, he's, he, uh, we, we make Tommy Lee Jones sort of a Zodiac where he's releasing statements to the press and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. The yeah, corrupt, corrupt leader of Chicago. They're gonna they're gonna think twice before they do something again. Yeah. I want to I, I want to hear Tommy Lee Jones' voice uh, and vocal cadence like scrambled. Yeah. You know, like come that on, Mario. Voice Mario voice I don't even. Yeah. Even... Yeah. 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 The... <laughs> I, I can't do the I can't do the impression of what it sounds like. But yeah, it's, it's it, tough. It's yeah, gonna but, be good. But uh, just think. And at a certain point, he is like, "You and I want the same thing. We want to clean up this yeah. town." exactly come on man yeah. you gotta be on my side and then it ends with these two in hand-to-hand combat of course of course yes 100 and that would be in a better. better knife fight yeah. than the one at the end of under siege which is pretty great mostly because of tommy lee jones exactly tommy lee jones but is this one will handling. have chuck norris yeah so it'll be even better and this is happening uh like in chicago city hall because he's gonna blow yes. up the mayor yep so oh, yeah. we we also we also get Chuck defusing bombs too, which is a good thing. Yeah, the uh-huh. red yeah. or blue, white. Yeah, this could really work, man. I like this idea. It should. I wish yeah. they had made I think this, this movie. Is great. So that's justice, uh, justice in time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we 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 phase out of Norris November. Uh, I don't want to see it go, John. I, well, I don't, don't want to see don't it worry. go. There's there's still plenty of Norris ahead on this show for us, but. Yeah. Uh, it uh, tis the holiday season, my friend. So holiday we, season. It, yeah. Uh, and so, what does that mean? We're going to be watching a whole month of Christmas action movies. 
can't uh, wait. Yeah, right. And so, where else do we start? But with Dean Kane, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked so well last time we the, watched it. The the uh, uh, the 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 very well titled Christmas Rush. This is Dean mm. Kane and Eric Roberts. Come on, man! Does it get any better than that? Uh, yeah. I, and I, I believe the pitch for this movie is that it's Die Hard in a shopping mall. Great and. Uh, does Dean Kane the the mall Santa? <laughs> I wish. No, no. He's oh, man. he's a cop. Uh, Boo. He's just a cop in the mall with his wife, and then it gets taken over by Eric Roberts and his gang of thieves. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was. <laughs> uh, would you like the tagline once again with the caveat? It is incredibly lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so the movie's called Christmas Rush, uh-huh. and the tagline is. The Christmas rush has just begun. Yeah, that's pretty lame. That's pretty lame. We're going to be uh, yeah. have a guest with us. Our good pal Brendan Jones will be ringing in the holiday season with us next week and talking well, about I hope this movie's good. He's had a Brendan has had a really rough track record on this podcast. So. He has. He yeah. has. But being the Superman aficionado he is, I had to get him in a Dean Kane episode. So That's true. Um and uh, we love Eric Roberts and I love that Eric Roberts is uh oh what's his character's name here because he's credited as it because uh, it says and eric roberts as scalzetti <laughs> what a great name <laughs> of course this bad guy's name is scalzetti scalzetti <laughs> that's right dean kane uh i did see an article the other day this will be a, a, a teaser next week that he did just surpass uh, I, I, was it his 600th film credit? Something Eric like Roberts? That. Eric Roberts, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they did a profile about him, I think in People Good Magazine Lord. or something like that, talking about how he he, he, he just made his 600th film. Are, does uh, does he have a problem? Like, is there does, is there some like some sort of psychological addiction <laughs> to being in these shitty action movies? Or, I, like, I, what is it? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I miss. I misrepresent. He hasn't been in uh, six hundred screen credits. He's been in seven hundred. He just passed oh, his seven hundredth screen credit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he has currently more than sixty projects in the works. Six zero. Six zero. Yep. Yep. What yep. the fuck? Yeah. Is wrong with this man? <laughs> like where? Where? Yeah. When does he sleep? When last, does he eat? Last year alone, he starred in 33 films. That's in, That's crazy. I that think, is a crazy number. And I think this is a theory that came from the We Hate Movies podcast. Mm-hmm. He is a man who just never doesn't want to be on a film set. He wants to spend yes. every day of his life on a film set. I really oh, think that's what it compulsive. is. compulsive. Because we've talked about the fact that he can be in good stuff and terrible stuff, mm-hmm. low-budget stuff, mm-hmm. high-budget stuff, TV, film, mm-hmm. whatever. I think it really is just anything that is offered to him, he'll do it. He will do it. I'm pretty yeah. sure we could get him in our movie. <laughs> if I have no we doubt. offered him a role, he would probably I think if, do it. I think if we met his quote, whatever that is, I, I can't imagine it's like huge. An Arby's coupon. <laughs> He'd be in it because I just think – uh, you know, I mean, we talk about Trejo, but Roberts has got Trejo beat by a lot. He does Which, not. That's crazy. Believe it or not, though, he does not have the record on IMDb. Uh, that belongs really? to Indian star uh, Brahmanadam, uh, who has hmm. 1170 credits. 
that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot of, yeah. like, it's not even close. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give him time, man. I mean, he's got 66 projects in the works, so. That's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, the guy's making 33 movies in a year. Uh, Good lord. Yeah. Good I mean, We've lord. seen him in stuff. A lot of this stuff he's probably working a day on, you know. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. 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 But I do love, uh, there's just a quote from it that says, oh, I'd love to have my real life sister, Julia, star in one of these movies with me. And I'm like, keep wishing. <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> yeah. It's like, of course you would. <laughs> She's a major movie star. Yeah. They, I'm sure they have a great relationship, but I, they don't appear in the same kind of stuff. So, uh, nope. yeah. So anyway, that we'll talk about Eric Roberts and his insane career next week on the mm-hmm. show as he faces off with Dean Cain and under sieges, Erica Alaniac is playing Dean Cain's oh, wife. Oh, gotcha. So, there you go. Uh, so there's some B-movie cred for you. Uh, that'll be next week mm-hmm. on the show, but that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Isman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The action serve. The action serve.